You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. Hello everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. And not quite on the dot, but very, very close. It has been a fucking year since what? we started. What? Yeah. Like, I can't actually believe that it's gotten as far as it has in the year. Yeah. I can't believe we're still doing this. You know, honestly, though, like, all of us were kind of pessimistic about it at the start, though. We weren't sure what was going to happen. We weren't sure if we were going to enjoy it. We weren't sure if other people were going to enjoy it. I personally hated it. I'm kidding. (laughs) We weren't sure if we could even keep going. Like, there was this thought of, what if we run out of lore? (laughs) How wrong were we? Um, Turns out, that's not... Not a problem. Not a problem. Not not a problem at all. Yeah, I, no, there was just a lot of unknowns. Know. Well, and it's it's kind of like like every <laughs> this is gonna sound so bad. Like every other endeavor I've had in my life. Okay, I say that. Not every single one, but like everyone's done something and like, you know, started something. You, oftentimes a more like creative kind of pursuit right. and they were like this oh, isn't for me and that, yeah but you like going into it you're like oh I'm gonna get really good at this and you know this is gonna be like it and I'm gonna do this all the time and you know then you just kind of fall off for one reason or another right like you said maybe it's not for you or it, that like money or like time. time you know other other things in your life getting in the way that you have to change your priorities yeah, yeah. um or you know, any number of things. So that's like that sounds bad for me to say. Like, I can't believe we're still doing this. But like, like it, it's okay to this. like be genuinely surprised that things have worked out so yeah. well for us. It it yeah, it has. I mean, we went from being excited to getting you know ten plays every like two weeks to. We're yeah. hitting almost a hundred on our new episodes in the first week now, which is insane to me. Like it's yeah. insane to me too. It's it's mm-hmm. it's been quite uh, quite surprising all around. Yeah, woo! And we've learned a lot. Yeah, and we launched a second podcast because we hate ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That just added to. The list of things we have to do. But it's fine. if you are have been with us from the beginning, thank you so much. If you are just starting to listen, thank you so much. Yeah, if this is your first episode, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if this is your first episode, you might be slightly confused. Oh, yeah? Because for our year... Mark anniversary here. I decided to do a callback episode. Okay. To mm-hmm. our very first episode. Yeah. Wow. Which, if anyone uh, remembers, yes, 
I, was I do. <laughs> Vecna the Archlich. Yeah. And in that, we learned all about Vecna and his lovely nonsense, including his... <laughs> That's a way to call it. His his whole thing. His whole murderous... Thing. Spree and whatnot. Um, we learned about his right-hand man, Cast the Bloody-Handed. Yeah. Very, mm-hmm. very briefly, anyway. <laughs> he was there as a... Note. Note of, yeah. this is what he did to Vecna. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is how like Th- this is like he relates to Vecna. Like yeah. this is the information that contains stuff about Cass that's relevant to Vecna. So this time I decided to go straight for Cass himself. Ooh. Callback. Um, there is also going to be more Vecna lore because I learned very early on in the research that in order to get Cass lore can't help but get Vecna lore. They're just... Package deal. Inevitably tied together in, like, every aspect possible. Do not separate them. <laughs> they, are, they did that themselves. They did that themselves. <laughs> and also, within the year of us doing this, we have gotten much better at research. Yes. I think I've gotten worse. I have found... I, I'm kidding. I know, I know I've gotten better at researching, for sure. I found a lot more... Extra details about the fall of Vecna, about what happens after that Ooh. as well, oh. which involves Kess. Okay. Great. So, um, like I said, briefly mentioned before, bodyguard yeah. and the right-hand man of the Archlich Vecna. Who was a bad guy. Who was a very bad guy. Um, yeah, he was a real piece of work. So, it kind of depends on where you look to determine exactly where Cass started. In some, like, really earlier, like, first and second edition stuff, it kind of just has him as becoming a vampire later on in his life. Right. Some then has him always being a vampire. I totally forgot he was a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Um, That's part of it, too. Yep. I mean, I was starting off with that just so we... Could remind you guys and to be like, hey, yeah. by the way, he's, he's a vampire. Good, because I didn't remember. <laughs> but from what I found, at least relating to the very most recent stuff, he was not a vampire at the beginning. Okay. So for now, I just kind of assume that what is recent is probably what they more decided to go with. Yeah, like that's the The most lore. recent stuff is the mm-hmm. lore, but I'm going through it all just kind of assuming that he was always a paladin. Okay. Okay. Because apparently when Cass first joined Vecna's ranks, he was a paladin. <laughs> he was an evil paladin. Great. I should say he was an evil paladin. He was not... A good paladin? A good paladin. He was not a hall monitor. He was, in fact, maybe the opposite of a hall monitor. He was Um, here to make sure that you uh, did commit crimes. Yeah, and if not, he committed them for you. (laughs) What a good guy. What a real stand-up guy. He's not going to make someone else do something that he's not willing to do. Exactly. What a good guy. What a good guy, nonetheless. Um, He got the nickname the Bloody Handed while he was Vecna's lieutenant, because, if you recall, he was the one that, like, tortured... That family from Vecna's yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that fuck shit. Yeah, <laughs> that um, that, that kind of gave him the nickname, the Bloody Handed, and he just went with it after that. 
because who doesn't love that nickname? The bloody hand. I mean, I would take it personally. Mm, I don't know. For torturing a family, though. I mean, okay, maybe not for that reason, but if someone gave it to me for another reason, okay. Like, it, it, as long as it's, like, not for murderous, torturous reasons. I mean, I just feel like I could do better, <laughs> you know? That's fair. I mean, he later became known as Cast the Betrayer, so. that That is better. That's, um, <laughs> the, the vibe is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of, like, the early publications of Cass were really just talking very briefly about him in Vecna's lore or talking about the sort of Cass. Yeah. Yeah. It was mostly, like, he was his lieutenant. That was it. Or the sort of Cass. This is a cool sword wielded by this guy. Okay, cool. So it was all kind of weird to sift through early on. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm familiar with that kind of thing where, you know, you have like a character or something that's in, in earlier um, instances only referenced in reference to something else. Yeah. And then like later they go and they're like, hey, let's talk more about this person. Yeah, they yeah. kind of like go back and like, okay, we didn't really explain this too well in the beginning. Let's kind of... Backtrack a bit and here's this. I mean, that's what happened with Alistair and Lulf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, So the Sword of Cass was basically Vecna's token of gratitude towards Cass for being the lieutenant that he was. Mm -hmm. Cass was also known as one of the greatest warriors of the time. And of the time, I pretty much mean of however long (laughs) he was with Vecna because he was with him... For a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah. But the Sword of Cass, I actually found a lot more information about oh exactly how the Sword of Cass was, like, created from Vecna, how Vecna made it. Okay. But that's mm-hmm. a little bit later. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, the magically enchanted sword. And Cass wielding it was virtually unstoppable. Him and Vecna were a virtually unstoppable force at that point. Hmm. The sword itself made him incredibly powerful. Vecna, being an Archlich, was already massively powerful. Right. And was en route to become a god. As we all know. Yeah. He really wanted to do that. He was doing his thing. He really wanted to. Um, Some (laughs) stats given for the Sword of Cast that I found kind of interesting Mm -hmm. from very early on, like from the... Dungeon Master's Guide for Advanced D&D First Edition. Oh boy, we're going to take a five minute break in here to parse this. Yeah. It had uh, 15 intelligence and okay. 19 ego. <laughs> I had to Google what the fuck ego was in Dungeons and Dragons because I had I mean, no idea. Yeah, like, I mean, it sounds like it'd be a stat, but like, what does it do? Well, it sounds like it would be like a joke, like meme. <laughs> Like, meme stat. Like, when we made up fashion points. Yeah, and then it's like, but but then it's like a, a thing that's like, roll for ego. Oh, you have a 19, so add a plus four to your, to your <laughs> ego roll. Because you're fucking egomaniac. Anyway. I mean, it was a, it kind of was a joke stat. Oh, kind like, of, um, in the sense that it wasn't, ego was only given to sentient items. I okay, that... Oh, is it like the... the like a consciousness set? Like set? The, the psychological concept? Pretty much. Okay. It was... They, you would use the ego score to contest 
for like control over the PC that's wielding the item. Okay, okay. so it would kind of be like an equivalent will check now. Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of equivalent to that. It was just, you know, this sword has a 19 ego, you have to roll against it, it's mm-hmm. trying to take over, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But something could have like a lower ego stat, therefore it has like less of a powerful like right ability. a lesser sentient item would be a lower ego stat okay that's pretty like i've made a joke but that's pretty cool actually that is the ego stat changes uh very slightly whenever you get to advanced dungeons and dragons second edition it went down to an 18 <laughs> the okay. intelligence increased to an 18 as well though no nope, so really <laughs> So, yeah, you know. You know, it balances out. Um, In first edition, it gave plus six Defender, which basically means that it would deal double damage to creatures not from the prime material plane. Huh. Huh. Interesting. In second edition, it could you could use three times a day to bestow Fire Giant Strength. Yes. For oh, a one-turn duration, but it added plus four to hit and a plus ten damage bonus. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah? It that, was pretty three ti- ridiculous. Three times a day? Three times a day. Oh, man. That's the shit I'm talking about. Yeah. It also did a whole bunch of other things, but all the other information I found, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go through all the stats from all the editions right. of the sword, because it's just insane. That's a lot, yeah. Um, the sword communicated telepathically with Cass, because... Sentence. Why not? I love how we're just, like, brushing over that. Like, yeah, oh, yeah the sword communicated with this guy telepathically. Eh, yeah. You know, just because. I'm more or less brushing over because I have more in-depth detail about how it did it, actually. Oh, shit. Okay. A little bit later on, because there's just more that they covered. Mm-hmm. Actually, fairly recently, 2011, I think. Oh, wow. Dang. Was one of the late last things I found. That would be fourth edition, right? <clears throat> yes. Yes. So, over time, the sword whispered into Cass, over several years, pretty much, like, convinced him that he was better than Vecna, and he deserved to be a god, and Vecna didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Naturally. So, eventually, Cass just succumbed to the sword and confronted Vecna. Yeah. Um, actually confronted Vecna on the night that he was performing the ritual to become a god. Oh, because he had to be dramatic about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Wait? Or, you know, like... Do it beforehand? Do it beforehand? <laughs> no. Nah. Well, the sword told him to at that point. Yeah. The sword was like, oh, shit, Vecna's doing this. Time to go. Oh, okay, okay. Let's go destroy him now. Before it's too late? Yeah, yeah before we can't. Um, you know, big epic battle ensued. The battle destroyed the tower that they were in. Yada yada. And Vecna. And Cass. Hmm. I one would say that it might have backfired. Slightly. Um, leaving only the left eye and hand of Vecna and the sword of Cass to remain in the rubble. Everything else, like, they were gone. Everything else in the tower was destroyed, but those three things remained. The sword's just, like, sitting there buried under, like, some rocks, and I was like, man, this sucks. It's like, well, fuck. <laughs> that wasn't I gotta wait for somebody else to come pick me. this fucking to sword up. Come pick me up? This sucks. And I believe in the Vecna episode, that's kind of where it ended, because I couldn't find a whole lot of what happened afterwards. Like, Vecna wound up coming back. Right. Yeah, but it was very much the a... intermediate, like, in between what happened... After the battle and before he came back was 
lost to me. Yeah. I couldn't find it. I found it. Yay! Yay. We found found Vecna! (laughs) So in a book, The Domains of Dread, for a second edition back in 1997, it states that after the battle that destroyed them, both Cass and Vecna were cast into the Domains of Dread which are a series of demiplanes located in a remote corner of the Shadowfell. Hmm. Okay, I was like, that sounds like... Shadowfell bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Which, as we've covered before, is kind of like the counterpart to the Feywild. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole other plane. At one point, it was called the Plane of Shadow. It's, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I found another name for it, too, Um, which is strange, but I'll mm. get to that here in a minute. Okay. They also said that the Domains of Dread were simply known as Ravenloft. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Tying them all together. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so nostalgic, guys. We're talking about Vecna, and now we're talking about Ravenloft. Right. And the Domains of Dread were cut off from the rest of the plane by these thick walls of mist. Hmm. Wonder where that yeah. comes into play later. You know, I still don't know precisely why that exactly was there. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever. We'll figure it out someday. Yeah. Uh, my next episode is actually going to be a, just a Strahd recap. I'm kidding. I'm actually... We're not- just going to recap every episode for the next year. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm not doing and that. And that's how we're going to do it from now on. Yeah. So, when they got cast here, no one really quite knows how, but... Cass wound up becoming the lord and ruler over the domain Torvog, and Vecna That's a name. became yeah. the lord and ruler over Cavitus. Cavitius? Cavitius. I'm guessing. <laughs> hmm, I don't like that name. <laughs> Strahd's just like sitting on the balcony in like his castle in Barovia. He's just like looking out, pretending he can see through the mist, and is like sipping his wine that's actually blood, and he's like, He sees Vecna doing his thing, and he's like, hmm, don't like that. (laughs) And then you have Cass. I don't really like that either. Shit. Fuck. Um, By circumstance, the two domains wound up being right next to each other. You don't say. (laughs) That's appropriate. That feels really appropriate. Separated only by a sulfurous mountain range called the Burning Peaks. I like that. Yeah. We're talking about things we don't like, but I like that. That's yeah. fun. Once they found out that they were adjacent to one another, <laughs> they wound up constantly battling each other, both trying to destroy the other. Yes. Seems appropriate. Yeah. Um, the Burning Peaks, <laughs> That's so funny. because of this, are now littered with the dead and undead alike from the constant fighting because you have Vecna sending dead and undead, Cass is sending... His people. His people, and, like, he actually controls some undead as well. Oh, yeah, he's a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting that. So, like, it's just this battle, and none of, neither one of them ever gain any ground. They just Thanks, it was useless. Yeah, they always just end up, like, never gaining any advantage. Good job. You plunged the whole realm into chaos for nothing. Not not uh, not the whole realm. Just like a just, little, just a little corner of the shadow. Just realm. you know. Okay, your whole realms. <laughs> I mean, realms is in not like p- the plane, right? But their their realms. Yeah. Their ruling realms. 
I mean, yeah. you, you say that like they actually give a shit. <laughs> oh, no. You're right. They I mean, don't. you're right. These are two terrible people. Terrible, terrible people. They don't at all. And here's a good point to that. So the inhabitants of Torgarok, which is the city that Cass has his fortress in. Right. Um, actually have very large families. Because Cass pays a bounty for each child born. Oh, God. That's... Woo! No, that's some, like, uh... Some... Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm Yeah, about. he wants to feed on the children. Oh, no. Wait, not quite. Oh. No. What? No, I was I was thinking that was a thing in, like, Germany in the 40s. Oh, like, right. Like, they would, they would pay families to have Fascist kids. Fascist stuff, yeah. There's some... There's some... Uh, more correct. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, um, you, you don't know. Maybe, maybe he was also like eating some of the kids. Probably. <laughs> He'd pay them extra to like take them away, and then the inhabitants ew. also age faster in his domain. Military. Reaching maturity at around nine years. Oh no! This is the Clone Wars. And <laughs> it's this... this is so they can become recruited and join Cass's army much sooner than others. Wow. Than any other area. Yeah, and he also had a, a council of, like, you know, wise uh, spiritual leaders with laser swords. And, and for some reason didn't see any problem with this. Yeah, they were totally cool with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, he rules the land with the constant, like, war mentality, basically forcing everyone there to live this very, like, meager existence so he can save all of his resources for his endless war against Vecna. God, he sucks. Yeah. He's kind of an ass, yeah. Um, they have their state police, which is known as the Daggers, and he gives them cool. the ability to constantly conduct searches for spies, traitors, and criminals. Exceptionally uncool. And also gives them permission to sentence and execute anyone found guilty of these crimes on the spot. Uh, Extra uncool. We are in the fascism now. Yeah, this is just... Ooh, this There's is um, a lot of... Fascism? You're Sounding. like, we're going to kill you because you're a spy, even though we have no proof to it. Yeah, no if proof. If we say you are, you are. Yeah, no proof, no trial, no nothing. Nope. The Red Scare. Yeah. <clears throat> the Barovia Scare. <laughs> I can't think the, of yeah, the well, proper color. What was color. it? Tor Torvog? Torvog. The Torvog Scare. That's the, uh, the, I was trying to think of a good color for a spy, but, um, Black. yeah. Or like, um, like the, the two spies, the, the game. Spy versus spy. Oh. What it was. Oh. It was like, uh, Or also alternatively Team Fortress 2. The blue spy scare. Um, for Sorry. obvious, like, reasons, he doesn't actually have his sword anymore because it, it remained on... Shit, I always forget how to pronounce this. Orth? Orth, yeah. I think that's how we've been pronouncing yeah. it. One year later, we still don't really Orth. know how to pronounce it. It remained on Orth along with the eye and the hand as... And the ruins of the castle. Yeah. yeah. And they just kind of remain there for... Ever? I mean, they jump around, but yeah, more or less. More until someone comes <clears throat> and picks them up. But he actually yeah. does believe that the sword is hidden somewhere in uh, Torvog. How? He doesn't know what happened. He has no, like, recollection of exactly what happened when he got there. He's oh. a stupid. <laughs> they just That's know how? That he just knows that they he wound up there and then 
now he's the ruler of this place and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he don't uh, worry about it. Because I I feel like that there, there's something too because it's like one thing for him to just kind of be like Vecna's right hand bitch, like killing people. <laughs> That, that came out sounding different than I meant it to. It but, sounded great, though. You know, but, like, him him kind of, like, being this also terrible ruling figure and, like, forcing these other people to live in these terrible conditions. That, like, he already sucked, but that, like, super sucks. Oh, it's pretty great, though. He has this really cool ability mm-hmm. while he's here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, he can actually choose to close, like, the borders to his domain. By summoning a storm of whirling swords and daggers oh around this the is borders. The OG Cloud of Daggers. Actually, it does say it acts as the spell Cloud of Daggers, just more. A bit more enhanced. It deals 88 points of damage per round to anyone who tries to pass through it. So uh, like you will good. just get cut to pieces if you try to pass through it. Dang. Don't like that. Don't like that at <coughs> all. Oh, and in order to bypass that whole vampires can't enter without being invited thing, mm-hmm. um, he made a law in his domain that oh. all places and things belong to him. Oh, he went the strong, the strong, the strong route. Yep. The legal vampire loophole. We've gone full circle. The legal oh. vampire loophole. All right, like- we just need a wolf thing now. Wolf <laughs> doesn't appear in this, unfortunately. Aww. The Raven Queen does. We'll just pretend like it's the same thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the episode you did very recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dragon Magazine number 378. Uh, back in 2009, there was a little article that gave a little bit more information about it. Yeah, we kind of jumped from 97 to 2009. It's whatever. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is all over the place. Don't yeah, worry about it. It's it, fine. It happens. Um, this is where the new name for... The Shadowfell or... Whatever. Uh, Domains of Dread. This is where another name comes in. Hell. That's something else. Um, they call it... <laughs> Monodum? Monodhan? I don't think I've ever heard that one, actually. Yeah. How do you no. spell that? Yeah, would you like to spell that for us? It's M-O-N-A-D-H-A-N. Monodhan? Kind of sounds like it's trying to say monotony, but not quite. Um. Well, I I googled that, and that's a real thing. So what? make sure you tack D and D at the end of it. What is the real thing? Um, Pinterest. <laughs> the first thing it <laughs> was maybe it links to some pictures. I don't know. Yeah. No. The first the first thing I well, and also uh, it was like uh, I I googled it, and it provided to me. That it was actually two words. I think it's a company. <sighs> okay, anyway. Um, this is actually what they use in 4th edition to replace the Domains of Dread. Okay. Okay. And the Shadowfell, instead of calling it either of those two things, they called it Monodhan. Sure. I don't know. Fine. Whatever. But in this one, they also kind of <laughs> revert so it back to, instead of him, like... Ruling over this whole area, he just has a small base of operations here with two vampires that, like, lead his minions when he's not there. Where does he go? Um, everywhere, because in this 
particular point, he discovered a way to pass through the mists safely. Oh, okay. Strada's watching from his balcony like, what? Um, How do you do that? But he does keep it a very well-guarded secret, so no one else can, like, leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He also enlists the aid of... Death Giants. Oh, God. What the um, fuck are Death Giants? They're basically just undead giants that exist in the domains of Dread, Shadowfell, Monodhan, what have you. Okay. Um, we can call it whatever we want. It's all yeah. the same. He enlists their help to prevent people from escaping. Oh, no. The the catcher is like, you can actually pass through the mist. It's just regular mist. People just assume it's that bad. It's, it's the scary mist from the movie. Well, I didn't... Uh, but you can just walk right through it, actually. I didn't That's walk... That's a joke. That's not true. I didn't walk. I didn't... Travis did not walk through the mist <laughs> himself to test. I, I'm, so. I'm glad. I didn't write this part down, but if I recall correctly, there is actually a background story to these particular mists that... It's basically like there's a elder dragon there that every night... I'm listening. He <laughs> basically relives this torment that happened Aww. to him Aww. from, like, him destroying a town and, like, killing his beloved. Oh. And when he does, it summons the mists that, like, surround everything and the mist does damage people. I just didn't go too far into it because... Huh. I didn't need to go any further down that rabbit hole. Dragon, yeah. Dragon Hog Day. <laughs> I, I almost was just like, oh, yeah, the movie. And I was like, wait a minute. There's a twist on that. Like, wait a second. In our Next in our series of D&D movies, Dragon Hog Day. I want it. Um, in Open Grave, Secrets of the Undead, it was a... That's a like, cool name. Yeah. Book supplement for fourth edition released in 2009. Um, in this, it actually states that Cass was initially an evil paladin, and then later becomes a vampire lord. I mean, that seems like the progression. Right. So, like, you have the now distinction of, like, he was an evil paladin, but then he became a vampire. It says that he became a vampire lord because of all the negative energies that he was in constant, like, contact with when he was in the Shadowfell. Okay. It basically slowly, like corrupted his whole being and, like, turned him into a vampire. That's also okay. what happened to me. So. Eh. <laughs> um, sure. And because he was an evil paladin, and even evil paladins followed this weird, like, code, code. of honor for, yeah. like, battling. They love their codes and their laws and their oaths. Yeah. Boo. Even as a vampire, he continues to have this weird, like, twisted sense of that honor to where he'll allow in quotation marks a fair fight if someone wants to fight him like he'll make sure that they are at least within reach of a weapon yeah okay okay or he'll pose it as a fair fight even if it doesn't actually end up being one <laughs> he yeah, yeah i i'm i can't think of exactly how to put it but i know exactly the kind of thing you're talking about like he uh he he is principled 
But uh, he's also kind of underhanded. Yeah, well, it, he has no issues being underhanded at all because he's a vampire. He can turn into mist. He can do. Yeah, he can just do whatever he wants. It's like he tells you that there are rules and then immediately exploits the loophole. Yeah, precisely. That. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's what I was trying to say, more or less. Um, if he fights an opponent and sees them as being a good challenge, after he defeats them, he'll turn them into a vampire spawn under his control. Hmm. Well, so that's some something. something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it doesn't explain how, but he apparently regularly travels the planes now. I mean, <clears throat> fine. And fine. has two primary bases of operations. Don't worry about it. Um, he has his kingdom in the Shadowfell, where he spends very little time. Mm-hmm. And then he spends most of his time in a hidden dominion within the Astral Sea. Okay. Um, this is so complicated. It's Fine. very, very odd. Within the Astral Sea, the little realm, dominion, whatever you want to call it, Pocket that he thing. has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aseric was fond of those. Is uh, <laughs> a realm of near total darkness with structures made from finely polished obsidian. The lakes and rivers flow with blood. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's metal. Uh, Right up until that one, that sounded like Raven Queen. Yeah. Then you got into the unnecessary gore, and I'm like, that's not quite Raven Queen. Well, is it really unnecessary gore? He is a vampire. Well, I'm saying it's not not Raven Queen. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Raven Queen, his kingdom in the Shadowfell is tolerated by the Raven Queen, just because he appeases her constantly by giving her information regarding Vecna and Orcus. Oh, I love it. So he's basically like, hey, I'll give you all the information I find out if you don't destroy my kingdom because they're undead. She's watching from her from her balcony like, God, I really fucking hate that guy. As she sips her wine and it's but actually she, wine. But she can't do anything about it. And and just like accepting accepting all the uh, all the information grudgingly, like I fucking hate your guts. I know. Here you go. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. So there was an adventure written for five twenty-first level characters in Dungeon Magazine one seventy. I'm interested. Called Betrayal at Monad Monadhan Monadhan Monadhan. I don't know. Ma- yeah. I I tried pronouncing it as I was researching it, and I don't know. Modadan, Modadhan. Modadan actually sounds correct. Modadan. Uh, sure. Mon- we'll Monadan. F- no, actually, I think it's pronounced the Shadowfell. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, this particular it's thing, it's, 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 fine. it's whatever. Um, And, like, Cass makes an appearance in this. Mm-hmm. Because the sort of Cass is actually... Like, a very major focus in it. Nice. For reasons I'll get to after the break. Aww. What? I thought we were finally there. Nope. No. Yes. Screw you. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this one-year episode. It's our anniversary, you guys. Wow. Uh, if you like this podcast and have enjoyed it... So far, please consider contributing to our Patreon, which is at Dungeonpedia. That would be very helpful. If yes. not, we'd totally understand. But yeah, if we get you, it. Yeah. But if you want to, by all means, it'll just help us pay for our 
Mostly hosting, fees. hosting fees. Yeah. And, and uh, this uh, otherwise is just totally free and for your enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you are enjoying this podcast and are interested, we also have an actual play podcast called Projectile Dysfunction that we do with our friend Jacoby. Uh, you can follow that Twitter at ProjectileCast for updates about that. Um, we also started doing in the past year because, as Taylor said, we hate ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Dungeonpedia happenings, you can follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram, both at Dungeonpedia. I always want to put a second at in there, at, at Dungeonpedia. Yeah. At Dungeonpedia. Um, but you can find, you know, updates, uh, teasers, just fun Dungeons & Dragons things on both. You know, you know how, how it goes. Uh, if you have a suggestion or just anything that you want to email us about, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. It's a good way to get long-form stuff. Obviously, we respond on anywhere that we have a place yeah so just send us a message yeah we'll get to you <laughs> uh <laughs> one of these days uh on whatever platform you listen to us on you can subscribe to get updates for when we upload new episodes instead of having to wait for uh any social media posts because maybe wait for that good time good for hour. engagement yeah <laughs> it's rough out there uh, also, on any platform where these functions are available, we would really appreciate it if you left us a rating and or a review. Those help us tremendously to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. And yes. also, uh, if you have any friends that you think would be interested in our years-long backlog of content. Um, I know there are bingers out there. Yeah. Yeah. I see you. Uh, you can tell them. Yeah. A big, big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for a year's worth of our theme song, Blacksmith. Thank you so much, Alexander Nakarada. Can I call you Alex? (laughs) May we call you Alex? (laughs) We've never, we've never, no. (laughs) I'm sorry, Alexander. Well, uh, I think with that, we need to get back to the episode and find out more about this goddamn sword. Tell us about the sword right now. Fine, I'll tell you about the sword. Jeez, let's go. All right, sword. Yes. Right. Need to sword stats now. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Taylor just knocked over one of the miniature trees that we have on the table. I like karate chopping it. Yeah. yeah. That so, poor tree. So, uh, real also, quick. Sorry, for clarification. Yeah. The Sword of Cass is only ever referred to as the Sword of Cass, right? Right. It's never given It's never given name. a different okay. name. There have been notable marks We've made of... jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... I just, I remembered. There have been notable marks of, like, replicas of it being made throughout history that Mm -hmm. some of them look very, very close, but they're all just, you know, the sword of cats. compare. Yeah. And for clarification real quick, um, I kind of glossed over this without meaning to. Monodon is also kind of known as, like, the realm of the betrayers. Because this is where anyone that commits treachery goes. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Which I vaguely remember something like that. Vecna wound yeah. up there. Cass wound up there. Any, like, general that... Betrays? Betrays their people for one thing or another. Or mm-hmm. pretty much anyone that betrays, like, 
their loved ones or people that trust them mm-hmm. end up in this place. That's a that's biblical. Right that there. is that's that, that's because that's good. like that's the thing in like Dante's Inferno, right? Yeah, is that's where the last circle of hell. That's who it's reserved for is people that Judas and uh, the rest of those guys. Uh, Brutus. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just like that sounds too close to Judas. Me arriving in the final circle of hell at two Brute. Oh my God. <laughs> and then Brutus wants to kill himself, but he can't because he's already dead. I'm sorry. I'm actually sorry for that one, guys. So, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and go over this entire adventure because that would take way too long. Yeah. But basically, the premise of it is that the players have to go through Monodon to a portal to get to another realm mm-hmm. in search of a ritualist of immense knowledge mm-hmm. that has been, like, hidden away in this other realm. Okay. Because your level 21 <clears throat> characters couldn't figure it out. Right. Like, your your level 21 spellcasters couldn't do it. Nope. There's only just this one portal. Um, in order to do so, they must gain access through the portal using a key, the Sword of Cass. Oh. The Sword of Cass is actually the key to, like, get through this portal. It's but... <laughs> The portal is also guarded by some baddies. The actual the dragon that I was talking about earlier. Oh, like what's in, his name? Um, it is. Hang on, Arantor. Hmm. For some reason, I was expecting that sounds to like be a hard white to... mom named him <laughs> Arantor. It's felt... sorry. Oh, yeah. I was expecting that to be harder to pronounce for some reason. Yeah, me too. Like a very long, complicated. Aranardarator. Mm. Saurus. Saurus. <laughs> He's a dinosaur. This is my Arontosaurus. So basically, the Stupid. characters end up going here. They end up finding out that they need the sword to go through this portal. And they also have to figure out how they're going to defeat the portal guardian, basically. Yeah, which might actually be kind of nice for him to die, because it'd be like freeing him from his Dragonhawk Day torment. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows, but... Um, Cass, who's, you know, also been searching for his sword, hears that the PCs are looking for it and offers them a bargain. Says he'll tell them how to defeat the guardian of the portal if they recover the sword of cast for him. He doesn't actually realize that the sword is used as the key to get out of the realm. Oh, he just he wants doesn't it. know that. He just wants his sword back. Yeah. He wants his sword back so he can like yell at it. <laughs> how could you do this to me? <laughs> and in the end You wanted me to kill Vecna, you see how that worked out? In the end, the players do end up, like, getting the sword, provided that they don't die, I guess. Right. Yeah, well, that's that's the idea, is that yeah. they get the sword. Um, Cass does actually hold up his end of the bargain, but now the players get to decide whether or not they're going to give him the sword or betray the betrayer. Oh! Oh, so good! And take the oh. sword for themselves. Yeah. But then... Then they're stuck there because they betrayed somebody. They betrayed the betrayer. Only if they die. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess when they die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, More or less. I don't know. They're. I mean, I, I feel like if you're a level 21 spellcaster, you can just live forever. Like, you can figure out some way yeah. to just live forever. Yeah. Pretty much. Become a lich. Yeah. I mean. You know. Yeah. Well, then you might just run into some Vecna 
Level problems. problems. Uh, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just be like a Seric. Keep to yourself and stop making... And just try not to make dungeons. That's his real issue. Yeah, that, that's, his, that's his real issue is that he just loves dungeons too much. And I mean, and also the whole experimenting on people and, you know, the, the yeah. He actually had a lot of problems. Okay, but if you'd like, just keep to yourself, it'll be fine. But you can't because then you need to feed your phylactery. Look, just be smart, okay? <laughs> if you're gonna... You're not too smart like a Seric. If you're gonna do Lich Hood, be smart about it. I don't think they think it through that much, honestly. Anyway, oh. I'm sorry to, to derail. Yeah. But uh, back to betraying the betrayer. Yes. I mean, no, that was it. Like, oh. That's kind of like the end of it. They can betray him or they... Oh, that's like the climactic action. Yeah, and if they betray him, I assume they fight him. And then you kill him or you die. Or you die and then you... Or if either you if continue you... on or you don't. Or you, you don't because you're dead. Or if you give the sword back to him, you know. I, I would imagine at that point there may be some circumstance where he's just like, actually, fuck you. I want to test my sword out again because it's been so long and he fights you anyway. And you fight him at a stark disadvantage. Because and he then, got his sword back. Yeah, and then you go kill the portal guardian and go do the ritualist thing. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. The rest of it is just them going through the portal and whatever happens after that. I didn't read past cast. Not being a part of it. Yeah, this isn't this isn't uh, <clears throat> adventures in m- 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 the Shadowfell episode. This is Cass. So in 2011, this is the most recent thing that I have of him, and a bit more information I found as well. Okay. In Dragon Magazine, there was an article written that is called History Check. Hmm. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And basically, you know, the article is written as, like, somebody giving a story of, like, the recountings of what happened. of things. And in it, we find out that Cass is six and a half feet tall. Okay. Damn. Glad we we have that precise detail. Uh, With the cunning of an adder and the strength of a god. Those are two very different things. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm not... What, What a combo. I'm not saying that, like, that that's not applicable, but it's just like, Adder, God. Okay. Okay. You know. Not- this is my OC, Shroudbond. <laughs> or, fuck, cast betrayal. <laughs> or betrayal? Listen. This is a mess. Just, mm. just because they're both vampires. Okay, but, like, I was thinking of Shroud because his name arguably sounds more like a an OC. <laughs> this is my OC, Strahd von Zarovich. He's in his 50s, but he's still handsome. Anyway. Um, and, like, over the years of Cass being Vecna's lieutenant, Vecna apparently wound up teaching him subtle tactics to ov- overcome stronger foes. Okay. Which might or might not have bit him in the ass. <laughs> Maybe. The the whole fight, like, Vecna's just, like, in his Fuck. inner... Yeah, in his inner mind theater, he's just, like... He's, like, having flashbacks to that one time he was, like... Teaching cast like judo, like here's how you use their weight against them or whatever. And he's like, shouldn't have done that. I should not have done that. Cass will remember this. <laughs> Cass will remember this. So at this point, Cass is human. He's the evil paladin. Human paladin. Okay. Right. So obviously, over time, he will age and he will die. Mm-hmm. 
Vecna used necromancy to extend Cass's life beyond what it should have originally. Should have been, yeah. Yeah. But eventually the physical form, like the physical body of Cass, surpassed Vecna's necromancy abilities to sustain it. Right. I mean, shit happens like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, the body was going to die regardless at some point. Yeah. So, in order to maintain his most powerful fighter and lieutenant, (laughs) Vecna created a fanged silver mask and channeled the energy of undeath into it. No. No. After donning the mask and accepting the necromatic powers, Cass was then transformed into a vampire. (laughs) No! That's where, guys, that's where the stone mask came from. You guys don't know what I'm talking about, but some people do. (laughs) This is how it happened. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So that provided Cass immortality. Yeah. More or less. Basically, the same level of immortality he already had, except now he won't age and die. Yeah, his body isn't going to age and rot. Yeah. He can still die by vampire means. (laughs) Yeah, like... Effectively immortal. Effectively immortal. And like I said at the beginning, in previous editions, it was written that, you know, Cass got his vampirism from the exposure of the negative energy from the Shadowfell. Right. Can I just say... I'm sorry. Go on, actually. (laughs) I'll hold on to this one. Go on. Okay. Apparently, they corrected that in this article by uh, saying that that was merely what the followers of Vecna quote from their scrolls because they are unwilling to accept that Vecna misplaced his trust in Cass not once, but twice. (laughs) Okay, that's, that's cute, actually, that they... Cute. That's the good word to use for it. That's that's a good way, I think, to course correct that a little bit. Yeah. Better. Yeah, they, they actually did a pretty good job at, like, correcting that to make yeah. it. Yeah, because that feels like, and I feel like that, that says a lot about, about the followers of Vecna. Yeah. And how they feel about him. To, to So much so that they don't want to admit that he made a mistake. Yeah. Two mistakes. Two mistakes. Two mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So they were at least good enough to correct that to be like no that's not actually the truth that's just what Vecna's followers do but it's also like partially the truth because it's like it's not like they didn't say that and they said that but they were you know yeah and I I love in universe like corrections like that yeah that's fun can I just say I get it but it the the amount I feel like that especially well I I say especially in fourth edition like they lean on the vague energies and 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 imprinting and things like this without really meaningfully explaining it just like every time yeah i feel like they do that a lot i'm just pointing that out they they kind of like clung on to it as a very good basic like, catch-all catch all. Yeah. yeah a catch-all explanation for just weird stuff happening it's like oh yeah. it's the energies it's the vibes like no, tell me what you actually mean. Tell me what actually happened. I'm sorry. Th- that's it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree. That's it. And I know I'm being nitpicky, but, like, I don't know why. Just... We almost always get nitpicky. Yeah. Hello, this edition. is Dungeonpedia. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're nitpicky. Um, We've only gotten worse about it, I feel like. <laughs> so as far as the sort of cast goes, mm-hmm. this is where we find out how Vecna made it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first, we find out that it was forged from the heart of a fallen star. Oh, my God. 
Space sword. Space sword. Yeah. Oh, that's um, nice. Vecna also apparently like drew a single thread of his own like dark consciousness. Okay. And wrapped it around the blade. You used the word from earlier, like from Vecna, and I was like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. I'm and glad that that came to something other than just. He originally did this mm-hmm. because of his trust issues. He did it because it enabled him to listen in on Cass and sometimes even like listen into Cass's thoughts. Hmm. That's what Cass called his harem. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. That is, that's fun, though. Like, I'm just imagining him. Good, good, very him, good. Him drawing it out, like, Dumbledore in the pensive yeah. style, and just like, yeah. That's what I pictured whenever yeah. I read it. I was like, yep. Also, that's like, that's layered, because of that thing you mentioned a minute ago, about, like, Vecna's followers considering. Misplacing his trust. Yeah, that considering that he misplaced his trust in Cass, but it's like. You know, he still didn't totally trust him. At least at the beginning. Yeah, at least that that time, yeah. But that's just very uh, chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, What Vecna didn't realize, though, is when he did this, Uh he actually, like, the sword wound up having Vecna's obsession with secrecy and lust for knowledge kind of, like, wrapped into it as well. Oh, so he put something in there that he didn't mean to. Yeah, and it kind of... Doesn't state directly, but kind of lays out that over time it wound up becoming intelligent enough to shroud itself from Vecna's detection. Nice. Oh, man. And he had then, no idea. No, because it then fed Vecna false thoughts of Cass's obedience. Oh. So it shrouded it completely, would give him false information while it sat there and subtly influenced Cass. That's that, very good. Yeah, like that's that's cool that the sword was such a, a prominent player in all this. Dang. The sword is like the biggest reason why all this happened. And finally, I know why the sword did it or how it wound up right. doing everything. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, eventually it convinced Cass to attack Vecna. Right. Because, you know, you're it, better than him. Yeah. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he did it when Vecna started the ritual to become a god. Like, at this point, he had amassed enough power and all the resources he needed that completing this ritual would have made him a god. Yeah, this right. has a sense of dramatic <clears throat> timing. It it does. <laughs> Don't hate on it. No, <clears throat> I respect it. I'm just pointing it out. Right. Um. So when it all started and the sword was like, hey, go now. Get him. Get him. Cass charged into the rotted tower and charged into it. It actually says that Vecna's guards might have proven a challenge for Cass at one point. Not now. But now with the sword and because of the fury that Cass was in, because the sword also told Cass about the fact that Vecna made the sword to oh. spy on him. Spy on him. So Cass was now pissed at that as well. Yeah, yeah that, that like someone right off. Bitch, you never even trusted me either, and you had the audacity to come at me like that. Yeah, yeah. So Dang. the guards, like it says, 
as a quote, the guards fell beneath his blade like wheat at the harvest. So he had no issues just cutting them down. And like as they died, Vecna was able to detect Cass's presence while casting the ritual. He heard some yelling from downstairs. He's like, oh, what's going on? Oh, no. And all too late, he realized the sword's trickery. Ha 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 ha. And he actually tried to suspend the ritual at this point because he was like, shit. I'm gonna fucking get wrecked. Yeah, yeah, I need to stop this. But the godlike powers that he had like unleashed and summoned at this point would, wouldn't be contained. He couldn't contain them. Oops. So Cass charged in and Vecna now had this godlike power that he was actually able to use to fight Cass. He couldn't suspend the ritual. He didn't contain it. He just had it. It was there. He might as well use it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, um, it also says that, you know, because of how the sword was made, it was able to anticipate Vecna's attacks which helped Cass to avoid a lot of them and not kind of die immediately. Dang. (sighs) At one point, Cass wound up backing Vecna into the center of the ritual circle, Mm -hmm. where all the chaotic, thunderous energy started lashing out at both of them. Oh, God. (laughs) So they're fighting each other. These energies are fighting them. Whole mess. bunch of shit is going Just a on whole here. Whole mess. Yeah. Uh, Vecna wound up staggering Cass with a bolt of lightning and went to finish him off. Cass lunged forward and off comes his hand. Ooh, whoa. So that's how he got rid of his hand. Woo! Okay. Um, that's where the hand went. That's where the hand went. That's yeah. how he we got severed. A, we, we have a location on the hand. Oh. Oh, how does he get the eye? Well. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Seeing this, he, you know, presses his attack further and actually, like, yells at him, You shall not spy on me again. And plunge the sword oh, no. into Vecna's left eye, gouging it out. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. he went, like, under the... Ugh. I don't uh, know. Eye stuff, guys. Ugh. Um, oh, well. At least he... Never mind. <laughs> okay. We have a location on the eye, guys. Yep. We have how the hand got severed, how the eye got severed. And finally, the thing that destroyed everything. As the sword was, like, in Vecna's face, <laughs> it sensed triumph and released this surge of radiant energy as bright as the sun into Vecna's body. Where'd it get that? <laughs> no idea. Hmm. <laughs> but it did it. Alrighty. Oh, because a star. That's where. Oh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, that makes sense. Holy shit. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm <clears throat> leaning on the, the vague, you know, stars equal radiant light energies thing, but also I mean, that's no, 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 kind of no, no, what they're cause doing. Yeah. Because it's a star. Because it's a star. Base. It said this had the effect like tossing a torch into a sea of oil. Oh, boy. <laughs> it <laughs> set off an explosion, basically. That mixed with the chaotic energy of the ritual and everything, it just exploded. <laughs> 
It destroyed the Rada Tower. It apparently deafened creatures for, like, miles around the vicinity. Dang. And Vecna and Cass being at the center of the, what they described as an arcane maelstrom, were then sent hurtling through the abyss. And wound up. And wound up in the Shadowfell. Damn, that's... <laughs> that's intense. That actually does kind of remind me of how the uh, Raven Queen ended up in the Shadowfell. Yeah? Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. It, it was very interesting. I was like, there's so much more behind the battle and then what happened afterwards mm-hmm. that I didn't initially know. Yeah. Don't you hate when you, a smart asshole, makes a sword with part of yourself and it turns out to be a smart, smart asshole. asshole just like you? Don't you hate that? Yes. Dang. <laughs> Happens every time. Dang. <sighs> That was that was, a, that was a wild story. That was a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. Damn. I enjoyed researching it very, very much. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, at one point, as a final note, like, after all that and everything, it goes on talking about, like, Cass's whole experience in the Shadowfell and then apparently in the Astral Sea. Mm-hmm. That... The sword apparently led Cass to the Citadel Cavidius mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because he was using its creator's knowledge. Since Vecna created the Citadel, it could like tap into it, I guess, and kind of knew. Okay. Dang. And as soon as Cass got there, the sword abandoned him. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Okay, but also how did oh, it... Oh, the trade! But also how did it do that? It just it stopped talking to him. Oh, oh okay, okay. He didn't have the sword. Oh, it was like a sight. The sword was still like linked to Cass and was talking to him and like mm-hmm. telling him where to go to find Vecna. When you make a sword to tap your general, but instead it taps you. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> the sword's a little bitch. The sword is an asshole. Okay, I, mean, I know that this... Everyone involved is an asshole, but the sword... Yeah. Who wins for biggest asshole? The sword. Well, no, yeah. not the sword. No, actually, I'm gonna go with it. The sword. No, see, okay, I said the sword, and then I remembered all, like, the torture and the murder and stuff, and I was like, hmm, mm. Okay, fair. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay, man. I know this essentially serves as this, because they're... Mm, you know, I've been wrong about this kind of thing before, but I'm kind of assuming that there's not as much about the sword outside of these situations, but like, Sword of Cass episode one? Because <laughs> the sword, the sword, the sword's gone up to a lot of, a lot of business. There might be enough, uh, enough stories about like various times the sword has been found and used that you That's might true. be able to do a, an episode over it. That's <laughs> true. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into that. We'll just do an episode that's just like magical uh, sentient sword showcases. Yes. We have the Sword of Cass. We have Kelimvor when he was inside a sword. Um, oh, yeah. Kelimvor sword. Kelim sword. sword. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I'm sword. Jesus. I'm proud of myself, <clears throat> even if no one else is. No, I'm proud of you. That's why I'm laughing. Okay. Okay, stay tuned for our sentient sword showcase. I think we have actually gotten a request to do sentient weapons at some point. So. Oh, really? So stay tuned. It's been a while, but 
I think there is one in our archives somewhere. I'll have to go back through and look. Oh, man. Okay. But that is all the information that I have. Wow. Hopefully it was an entertaining anniversary mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. All the, all the throwbacks, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much for listening to our, like, enti- like. I'm not going to assume that everyone's listened to our backlog, but thank you, like, so much for following us for this first year. Yeah. It's been insane and awesome and fun, and we're continuing to do it. And continuing to enjoy it and get more support, and thank you so much, you guys. Yeah, it's been it's been wild. <sighs> Man, I'm, I'm like... I'm like emo. <laughs> I'm just like I'm. I'm so like feeling it. Yeah, because like all the nostalgia, and you know, now we're now we're you know. <sighs> right in the feels. Right in the feels. Oh, come um, have me a bowl. I'm not feel yet. Don't don't forget to follow us on our various social media platforms. Spread the word, your friends. You know. All yeah. the good stuff yeah. that we've been preaching for the past year. Yeah, tell them that we have a year's backlog of content if they want to just go listen to all of it. Because yeah. that's my favorite thing. When I find a new creator that I like one of their things, and then they have a whole backlog of content. Yeah, and then you can just binge it. Yeah. You just binge the backlog. And do nothing for days and days while you just watch. If you have a suggestion for our coming year of new content, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. You can also send uh, yeah, you suggestions can, like, anywhere, but yeah, you can tweet us or like DM us or whatever. You know, well, which... you can't you can't DM Travis because he's the DM. Hey, <laughs> DM or DM, DM the DM. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you here next week with another episode of Dungeonpedia. Been a year of dungeons. Yeah, also, I, I hope I made this clear earlier, but the next episode will not be about Strahd. <laughs> as much as I was joking and also kind of thinking about it, it won't be. I'm sorry. That's okay. More dragons? <laughs> <laughs>